The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. My name's Nate Heininger, and I am joined by two very cool co-hosts. Laura Nash. And Reagan Kelly. And this week, we are talking about Boyfriend Dungeon, a game produced by, uh, or developed by Kit Fox Games. It's out on Steam, Switch, Xbox One uh, for $20. Relatively recent release, just sometime in the last few weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, also relevant uh, while we're talking about where the game is available, it is also on Game Pass. So ah, nice, nice. Both PC and Xbox. We've got a lot to talk about with this game. This is a uh, a really, really interesting one, and uh, I'm glad the two of you are here with me to talk about this game. I spent a fair amount of time in it. Uh, so, Laura, why don't you kick us off here with a um, sort of a summary or an outline of what this game is? Well... Boyfriend Dungeon's tagline is level up your love, and it has, by some, somehow not the press kit, been called a slash and smooch. Um, <laughs> nice. Which I think is appropriate. Uh, it is equal parts boyfriend and dungeon. So it's pretty high concept, but bear with me. This is um, not all the weirdness in the game, but it's a just just lean into it. The idea yeah. is you've never dated anyone, so you move to Verona Beach to live in your cousin's sublet like you do, and uh, you also have the power to wield weapons that are also people, and when you fight with them in dungeons by wielding them, the dungeons that are full of monsters that are manifestations of your inner demons, uh, you grow your love bond, and then you, when you get to a certain amount of XP, you date them. That's the game. Yeah. Summer loving. Yeah. Date your weapons. So, it is. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, this is really the second uh, dungeon crawling boyfriend simulator that we've uh, played this year. The first one, of course, being Hades. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I found some similarities between those games. And I'm thinking it's a, we, we've got the birth of a genre here. <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, I, I enjoyed both of these games. I don't. I think this suffers a little bit by comparison to Hades. <laughs> yeah, but this game, game has a different. Yeah, focus. it's not actually a fair comparison, but no, it is funny. It's not. It, but but this has a lot more romance, though. It, yeah, that's the thing. This is this this leans so much more into its sort of dating sim elements yeah. than I mean, Hades didn't have exactly dating sim elements, but it did have highly smoochable characters. But if you look online, if you look online, you certainly would think Hades was a dating right. simulator. Whereas this game leans so hard into the romance side of things. I was actually surprised early on with this game that, you know, I knew it was a dating simulator. It's all over everything. But I was actually surprised how much dungeon there is in this game. Yeah, yeah it was my first yeah, Laura said 50-50, but I would actually say this game is probably at least 70-30 mm-hmm. in favor of more dungeon crawling than dating in terms of how much time is spent, which was also a surprise to me. Uh, you know, I, I know that's sort of the... Um, I, I mean, Depends probably on how good and fast you are at getting through dungeons and how many characters you're you're spending time dating and so on. But I definitely spent the majority of my time uh, in the dungeon, as they called it in this. Yeah, the dungeon. That said, you can find little spots of the dungeon for a break, which is like a mini date. Yes. Yeah. 
Love it. Yeah, they're still dating all the way, you know, all the way through the dungeon. You're still taking your sword or or weapon into the dungeon is a date in and of itself. Yeah. And it, and I know that Laura kind of outlined the uh the like broad strokes or the the high concept here, but I I really want to lean on how fun it is that it combines these two by having your weapons also all be dateable, smoochable people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a really brilliant conceit, you know, where you're you're uh, you're continually throughout the game meeting new hotties, uh, a whole variety of hotties for every every romantic taste. Uh, it says on the tin boyfriend dungeon, but there are girlfriends, there are non-binary dateable weapons. Uh, all of them can turn into weapons, and there's, uh, there's, I think they're doing fun thematic stuff with each of these characters has their own story, their own backstory, their own hangups, their own romantic interests, and uh, in very cute ways, sometimes those uh, those stories kind of tie into things about how each of them represents a different play style in the dungeon yeah um so you know uh i'm probably i I haven't dated as many of these folks as you guys have so maybe i won't do the best job of explaining an easy an easy one is one of the early weapons uh sundar who is a talwar which is uh his it's really cool looking red sword and um he is we will talk about sundar and his many traits but i will say (laughs) that um when you level up the relationship and you get new powers, new levels. Um, his all are about like causing things to bleed and like bleed faster. And you're like, Hmm, why is this a theme? There are reasons yeah. I won't spoil <laughs> for you. <laughs> and there's a dagger character, you know, which is all about faster play and, and moving around a lot faster. So there's, you are avoiding, sort of avoiding, avoiding harm. Uh, yeah. She's which, damaged. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, what a, yeah. And, uh, and so, but it's always balanced though, because like, you know, one of my favorite weapons to play with was one of my least favorite people mm-hmm. to try and date. So it, it, that made an interesting choice that I've never had in a dungeon crawling game, which is I really like this weapon, but I don't like its personality. So I'm going to use, <laughs> you know, something else. I, I have to say like most of their personalities, uh, they, they have a little bit of depth. All of these characters are, you know, I wouldn't say any of them are like incredible, like deep stories, but all of them have, you know, their their sort of first impression, and then you learn a little bit more about them. And yeah. all of them will appeal to somebody. The tropes are beautifully layered. Yeah, there's almost always a, a thing that you unpack a little bit from every character. And it's, it's like a, any other dating sim. It's all, you know, fed to you in little bite-sized pieces, and you're going through a ton of tiny interactions with all of these people um, where you learn more and more about them. If you decide to, of course, you can just completely, you know, uh, disregard people if you want to as well. That said, I will say that the, uh, you say there's a lot of dungeon and and boyfriend dungeon, but I I think the amount you commit to people will also change your length of your game. I just want to say that up front. (laughs) Like, if you're worried, like, this is a short game if you don't want to date everybody completely. If you do yeah. that, I have no idea how long the game is. Well, I can tell you, I think I have played more of this game from an hour standpoint than the two of you. However, mm-hmm. I think both of you have progressed further in the overall story of the game than I have because uh, I 
it kind of took me a little while to understand the gameplay loop and kind of what was happening. And I also just really like dungeon crawling games. And so I was kind of dating everyone, you know, just out here, just having a good time, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing the world, <laughs> um, just being a person about mm-hmm. town, you know. And um, and so it's had me like, I, I've been essentially leveling up almost every character except for one. But, yeah, whereas yeah. I really focused just on two. Um, yeah. And that, that I think, you know, propelled me forward in the story a little bit faster. Yeah, I'll say that uh, there are two ways to progress this game. There's character love progression and there is dun- going through the levels of the dungeon. And the, the strict plot is the dungeon depth and getting through yeah. the final boss. Yeah. And the completionist is dating all the characters. So just calibrate accordingly. Yeah, you need to have like, ma- in order to complete the game, you need to have uh, gone through both of the major dungeons in the game. And the final and boss. And you need to have, and the final boss. Um, but in order, to, in order to face the final boss, you have to have maxed out the love level of at least one weapon that you take with you to the final boss. But if you, you know, if you get into this and you realize, ah, you know, uh, Isaac the Estoc isn't for me and I don't want to go on a second date with him, uh, you don't have to. Uh, you will unlock weapons continually as you raid the dunge and as you continue to meet these new weapons uh you can decide oh you know i really want to spend more time with this one either for playstyle reasons or for just dating and story reasons um and you will eventually even if you decide like you know you're a, a a one uh blade man or woman uh you will be able to complete this game uh you don't have to go completionist and date everybody but you may very well want to but before we get into who we liked dating and dungeon diving with, I do think it's worth taking a quick step back to talk about one plot element that is pretty uh, overarching. It's continuous. I wouldn't say it's, uh, it is a large part of the plot. It, even it's though the closest it's, the game has to an, to a, 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 a uh, antagonist. Right. Uh, and or, or villain. It's also tied into some of the, the discourse around this game. Um, Kitbox Games recently updated this to include stalker content warnings. Uh, I will give my uh, women in the audience, this does not have rape. No one's going to try to rape you in this game. That often comes with stalker games. So I just want to put that out, not in this game. That said, uh, there have been a lot of, there is a person who doesn't leave you alone, even though you've told you Mm -hmm. you're not interested. And that's a big part of the plot. And in a way that like, uh, you know, I'm coming from this, coming at this from a, uh, a, a male perspective and uh, not having a lot of experience, life experience of this sort of stuff. Um, but it surprised me both in that, like it does th- this element of it. I can certainly understand why people might respond uh, negatively to that because it oh, does have a sort of not element. one of your weapons also. Right. Yes. Very important. Just very um, important side character, essentially. Yeah. But this side character that becomes a stalker uh, over the course of the story um, the writing of that felt very real in a way that I can certainly see why folks, if this was something that they really wanted to avoid in their fiction or in their fun time dating cutie game, right, that that they would potentially want to avoid this because it does feel very real. There's certain elements in it that just sort of feel like like unpleasant or awkward or uh, or like awkward border, bordering on dangerous guys that I have met or seen but also the level it doesn't and the, again this is this is coming from me the like cis white uh t- 
you know, guy who hasn't dated in, in over a decade. So maybe <laughs> Laura can say otherwise, but for me, it didn't rise to the level of like feeling dangerous or interrupting my story. It felt like a sort of a natural part of the story. These developers were willing, were wanting to tell. We're going to talk about the specifics of this when we get to the spoiler break. So I can't go into detail here yet, but um, I don't know in the interests of both mm-hmm. be, you know, acknowledging the discourse because uh, it is a lot of what people have been talking about this game for better or worse. Um, and also, uh, you know, providing a sort of a content warning here for folks, you know, for folks who've been seeing this, this discourse and maybe want a little more information about, is this game something that I need to worry about? Um, then, you know, m- m- my vote is I, I thought it was uh, well-written, interesting, and not particularly troubling, but then again, my life experience wouldn't have intersected with this so much. Laura, what are your thoughts on it? I think that for me personally, I have I have not had a stalker, but I have had guys who would not stop texting and would not stop, you know. Laura, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it Reagan, was, you are it was not just Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants me to play Puyo Puyo. Um, uh, that's different. Um no, I, I think that, you know, that has been an experience I've had. I think for me, it was much more like um, this is often in romance novels, there is like a dangerous, like a, a bad choice or a dangerous protagonist. And those get very um, thriller action movie often at the end. There are some very dire circumstances that like romance novels get in before the hero rescues herself in a more modern book or the hero rescues them in an older book. So I think like, to me, this felt like it was borrowing a little bit from that and making it more realistic. Um, I think that it's not a serial killer-y obsession of the stalker, but it is uncomfortable and it's made to make you feel uncomfortable and you're dating everybody and having all these good feelings. It's a sour note in the mix and I am okay with that. I'm glad I knew in advance because it might have thrown me. But I don't think I needed to know it was I, – I think – I don't think I deserved to know in advance, but that's mm. on the – but that is – I think is, it might have been – it might have been more troubling if I'd gone into this game thinking he was one of the dateable weapon hotties and and and, and found once I discovered his bad personality that I'd he – I'd feel completely different if I was duped into playing with a weapon. Instead, I went on one date with this person, and then he kept going, like – yeah, I did not go on a second date. I think it's just a little different. Like he's not in my. I don't have to commit to this character. He has. I, I mean, I hope this isn't too spoilery, but like there are some moments within this that did like have a sort of a raw realness to me. Like, um, like there's a, a particular moment. Like you have that first date with him, and it's kind of clear from that. You know, he seems charming at first, and then, um, and then he has some, uh ideas that seem very unpleasant there's a lot about him that's like specifically on the like controlling uh you know he he's he's uh not to get too into into the weeds yet but like his whole deal is like he doesn't like uh the idea that people have to use other people as weapons he wants to make he's a he's a blacksmith he makes weapons that he can control and that don't have their own ideas um and that's part of his relationship with you too i thought this was going to go kind of in the direction of the play Boy Gets Girl, which is where they go on a first date that goes okay, and then everybody interprets his stalking behavior as normalized good behavior. Uh, right. it's, every, every, everybody knows he's creepy. In, in the in the intermission, they even play like every love song, like 
Um, and then you realize how creepy love song lyrics are. Um, but in this one, everyone knows he's creepy and everyone wants to protect you. It's just a little different, right? Like it's a different yeah. flavor. It's not like gaslighting the main character. Um, yeah. What, what stood out to me was how many tactics he uses to try to continue to involve you in his life. The The thing that stood out to me was like the very first time that he, well, when he asks you on a second date, um, he does it by telling you that he has important information that you need. I forget exactly what it was, but like there's a moment in the game where like he has, he has some big piece of information that you really want to know about um, partially for your own protection. Cause I forget exactly what it was all about, but it's something to do with the dungeons and whatnot. Um, and, and he tells you, yeah, I'll tell you just come by my store, you know, it'll be a little date. And so there's the, he's continually setting up these moments where like either he's popping in out of nowhere and being your bad penny that doesn't go away, or he's continuing to find ways to manipulate you any way he can into interacting with him in ways that felt like it felt really, um, uh, that felt really real. Like I've never had that experience, but like it really felt like this was written from a perspective of someone who who knows the tactics that people like this use. That said, percentage of the game is pretty low. It's a continuous. It is a regular thread. It's not something you can avoid. It's intrinsic to the plot, but it's not like twenty percent of this game is a stalker simulation. No, yeah, it's part of setting up the ending, but it is like, yeah, it's really just maybe. It's like Bowser popping into a Mario game. Like Bowser has, like there's Bowser cutscene. Bowser's really problematic too, actually. Yeah, he is. We come right down to it. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. Um, what was I going to say? You killed me with the Bowser comment. Um, so, I did not know any of this coming into this because I'm an ignorant person, and I, I what I thought was interesting, or um, I think I guess a credit to the. Uh, to the writing of it is that like it's correct that he's unappealing out of the gates, but it is in such an interesting, unique way that like I, or it's such like a nuanced way that I, as a player character, like is like, Oh, I don't want to date this guy. This guy is annoying. And I, he seems a little, he's racist like, against weapons. Yeah. People. You know, like there's some problems here, so I'm not going to date him. Um, I'm going to, you know, turn him down, but I didn't. And then he proceeds to do all the things that you guys have been talking about. I had kind of thought that like, if you turn down anyone, they're going to continue to be a part of the game and continue to like pursue you in a way. Cause in my play experience, he was the only one that I turned down. Turned down. I've been, that's what I've been. I've been spending so much time in this game because I've been like dating everyone and seeing all of their storylines all the way through. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that I did not proceed with. So I thought it was just like, oh, I bet if I had dated Eric, he's still going to be racist. <laughs> literally, and awful. literally, everybody is going to be like an incredibly awful stalker. Well, well not necessarily him. his version of being turned down, you know, but I had thought that there was like a, a state in this game that like if you turn guys down or, or people down, they they maintain an element of the of like connectivity to you, whether it's like this or 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 not. I don't know, yeah. and and maybe that but, is the case. But that should also bring up like another game besides Mario, apparently. Um, but I also thought about Bug Snacks, where like you can just leave the townspeople and their kind of problems 
if you don't want to engage with them or you can do all the side quests and try to help them self-actualize like this, yeah. that, that felt like it could have, they could have done that. You don't try, you, you're, the game is not fix Eric. Um, yeah. but no, shall we talk God. about, um, the happier people? Yes. So one of the things I love about this game, and this is very small, but I just love it is every time you meet a new character, there's this like, anime as hell intro where like they are i mean it is like you know the camera spinning around them as their hair is flipping in the wind and and their eyes are gleaming and then they may or may not magical girl transitions yeah you can see where the money went in this game it's a specific kickstarter it's like a, a specific tier of like if you kick to this, you're gonna give a guy money specifically to do transformations. And I was yeah. like, please, everyone, let's get it's, up to this it, tier. Worth worth the money. It was awesome. Um I also like how they sort of blended the your standard dungeon crawling experience with dating simulators in other ways. So there is a crafting system in this game, but all it's all it does is allow you to build gifts that or the majority of what you're building with it is gifts that you're going to give to the people that you're dating. In a normal dating sim, you'd acquire those maybe, you know, through you have money and you purchase them and you're slowly growing money or whatever. This is a crafting system. You have to find like four plastic and a like i don't know like uh some fabric and somehow you're able to turn that into like a bottle of wine or whatever it, it it's it's completely it it's makes like no sugars liquid and fabric vodka <laughs> yeah like and that. and then you get a little um you get a little i it reminded me of breath of the wild when you're cooking you get a little ding 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 like workshop scene where you're making the item but it's completely random stuff it's like bracelets and red roses and then my favorite pepperoni pizza which i just love the scene of like i think it was like deep down in the dungeon me and my uh date had just gotten off of some massage chairs which it's a mall of course there's massage chairs had this really emotional moment and then the game's like do you want to give a gift i'm like hey babe here's a (laughs) here's a pepperoni pizza and they're like oh my god thank you so much i was like this is this is the one for me so nate uh, Nate, they know about your pizzas and how romantic they are i know it's it's good it's good it's good to see yourself represented in in games so um uh i i just thought that was like it's completely unnecessary like you know the the items you're gonna acquire them no matter what you're getting them at roughly the pace of the game growing you're never like oh i gotta go farm fabrics or whatever to make this gift because it's doesn't really matter that much anyway but i just thought it was funny to have a crafting thing in a dungeon simulator and then there's also um your outfits you have uh you have like a hat and clothes and then some of it is cosmetic but it took me a little while to realize there actually are there is equipment that can improve your uh you know gives you stat improvements mm-hmm. and so it leads to you having like you know i spent like a good amount of this game wearing a leather jacket and a bicycle helmet because that was like the <laughs> it's a good look first of all and then you know also it helped out in the dungeon i was resistant to crafting them because i really liked i went out and bought an outfit and i was like this is what i'm gonna wear the whole game and i'm gonna wear these designer sunglasses that my laser saber seven gave me 
And then I was like, oh, definitely the clothing is a stat boost. I, yeah, I can't just yeah. wear my pretty- I was really into my outfit. And then I realized, oh, I have to wear this incredibly ugly, like, red crown if I want, like, a mid-dungeon revive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I'll wear the ugly crown, I guess. But then it has you wearing it, like, as you're walking around town. Fortunately, I it doesn't show your portrait during dates, which I think would have taken me out of it more. It really only shows your little avatar, which is, like, a little squat, chibi avatar, when you're in the dungeon or, uh, like, on menu screens and things like that. I think they made the stat boost ones purposefully ridiculous compared to some of the other ones so that you're mm-hmm. like, you know, you do look in, you know, insane wearing these things. I also think to incentivize us to try to make it, because it's not like they tell you in advance they're stat boosting, but like, yeah, you want to make a leather jacket because leather jackets are cool. Well, of course. So. Um, yeah, some th- there's there's way more stuff that's not a stat boost, but uh, it's out there and it's it's worth finding. So it's worth crafting everything. There's like a little um zine thing going on which gives you like an alternate fire which is kind of cool your spells it's pretty you know yeah it's spells it's pretty minor i um, use those very little i just didn't yeah. thought they were sort of underpowered oh i use yeah. this i use the sleep sleepy time oh that one was the one that yeah, yeah. was the most effective yeah there's Depends the on which hel- weapon you're using True. the helmet lets you carry an extra drink which is your health it's bubble mm-hmm. teas um, i love that at reduce the amount of zines that you carry. And I was like, I'll make that trade all day. You know, oh, yeah. it's way better. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about, b- before we get into talking about the characters, because that is, I think we're probably gonna want to spend the most of our time. Cause that is the thing that's like most juicy about this. It's game. a dating simulator. What right, else? Right. You know, that's what you're here for. This one just also happens to have a whole dungeon. But I want to talk about the mechanics of the dungeon crawling, um, it, you know, because this plays like a top down action, RPG-esque dungeon crawl. Um, If you've played something like Hades, this I think is going to feel very familiar to you or really anything, even even like a Zelda style thing. It's uh, it's doing procedurally generated dungeons, as far as I can tell, Mm -hmm. um, that you are exploring and revealing the map layouts as you go. And and the dungeons have many floors and uh, it has the sort of standard like certain floors have elevators where you can uh, come back to that floor when you want to come back without starting from the beginning. Um, You know, if you die in the dungeon, you just get evacuated by a ambulance. There's like very little in the way of like downsides. So you pretty much just go until you die. It doesn't have like a big, uh, you know, negative effect. If you die in the dungeon, you just pop right back out and try again later. And maybe you have to play a floor again. Um, I, I think that the, the dungeon crawling here is like 70% of the game and it's fine. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this game based solely off of its dungeon crawling. I'd say there's there's a ton of other dungeon crawling games where if what you want is a game that's super fun to just go floor after floor and fight uh, creative monsters and you know get good at its action elements, there are other better games that do this. Uh, you know, I I found it fine. It's like it's like a perfectly fine one of these, but yeah. it stands out in absolutely no way I can think of as really good for a dating simulator. It's a really good dungeon crawler. <laughs> I think it's way better than it had to be. Yeah. Honestly, I, it I was, was expecting it to be pretty. Yeah. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, I think you probably have been hate. Like it's very hard to compare stuff to Hades, but I, I think I thought it was like, yeah. I was expecting a pretty standard 
dungeon crawler and i was like oh this is like a little more fun there's more variants than i was expecting there's more types yeah of- that that's the that's the big thing that's great is that it has a really large number of play styles based on the large number of weapons that's and that's its standard honestly i love that when i i took a a weapon to the next level when i took my relationship to the next level like i always liked the new power up and it did make me feel very powerful running through the you know cheesing through some mm. of the dungeons or um i think that there's a huge power, like, after a date goes well and you go back and play the next one, I feel like it feels different enough. Like, you've leveled up enough. It's not like there's such small changes. So I, I did appreciate that. I thought that was nice balancing. I think that my main issue is the is the sort of squishiness of it. Like, uh, this changes somewhat when you level a weapon up to max and you start getting bonuses that do things like increase your movement speed or, um, or change the way dodge rolls work or what have you. But... Uh, most of the weapons when I tried them at like levels one through three, um, they just felt, this is the kind of like game feel stuff that's hard to really quantify, but like the, the walk speed is fairly pokey. Um, the, the, uh, the dodge roll has very few iframes. So the whole thing felt slow and pokey and, um, frustrating in, in a way, um, that, that I don't really like for this style of game. If I'm going to play an action game, I want one where I can, you know, feel mobile uh, and, you know, dodge effectively. Like if I see a projectile coming towards me at all the projectiles in this game move at incredibly slow speeds. Um, But I couldn't get out of the way of them in many cases because the characters just, the character just moves what felt to me like absolutely ridiculously slow. Um, mm. And it, until I started really upgrading it with certain, certain weapons like the, the dagger um, Valeria that like there's certain ways that it, it started feeling, feeling better. And I think once you get to like the level six or so with these characters, um, you've probably unlocked enough weapon upgrades that that game feel probably turns around a bit. Um, I only got to that level with one character and then to level four with another. Um, but I tried all of the others at least to level two uh i think wait maybe only yeah. level one on a handful but anyway it's, i think that's, i'm just a lot more reckless in dungeons because that didn't affect me as much i don't dodge as much i tend to just like run around and like avoid like i i, I tend to hit it hit avoid hit it hit hide like i don't tend to do a lot of dodge rolls and that kind of thing it's just not the way i play it's i mean I, yeah. you have to at times obviously you just die if you didn't but um yeah I, I didn't run into the same that same problem i i think but I do kind of agree, like, a good percentage of the time that I would die, I would be surrounded by things to a degree that were not, like, I could not kill them fast enough, and they would kill me so fast that I wouldn't even have time. I would walk into a room and just die. (laughs) And just be dead, and I wouldn't even have time to drink my, like, four bubble teas. And that's kind of annoying, because, like... (laughs) A good, you know, a good dungeon crawler is like a war of attrition, right? Like you're being, you're, you're being ground down. And then when you die, you should be like out of resources and you just didn't make it very far. And so it is pretty annoying to die so fast that you like, I mean, it's like half a second. Like all you have to do is press the trigger button to, to, uh, to drink a bubble tea. It's not like it's a complicated uh, input, you just press a mm-hmm. single button and some, there were multiple, multiple times that I died faster than I was able to even press that button. And that was kind of annoying because it often felt 
like it wasn't my own fault. It's just the way the enemies spawned. Yeah. I got better over time about not going as far into rooms to not have everyone notice me or using the the heart the heavy weapon attack that pushes them back. Like I got yeah. better at that, but the first that was a huge, it took me a while yeah. to learn that because I was just stepping into some of these rooms and getting and we're yeah. not saying it's like super hard either. No. But it's just that at some point you're going because you don't level up until you leave the dungeon, at some point you're gonna go deep enough that you will get people so much like that you're gonna get killed by a flip phone that is will kill you in two bites and you're like why flip phone why <laughs> so this is another area that i think again i don't i don't mean to turn this into a grouse fest i i loved the the game so much but so but like the majority of my enjoyment of this game came from its characters and and dating elements and not so much from the dungeon crawling which i thought again was just sort of fine but the the other thing that sort of surprised me about this game is that it really only does have, as far as I can tell, now, Laura, you, you completed this game. I did not. Um, but from what I can tell, it has essentially two dungeons plus the end boss, right? Mm-hmm. And is the end boss like a full dungeon or is it just a just a boss? Uh, it's a pretty lengthy battle, but it's not a multi-floor battle. It's a multi-stage boss battle. It's not multi-floors. I was expecting more dungeons. Uh, you know, two dungeons is is a weird number to have in a game like this, right? Like, you, yeah. th- things come in threes, man. I was really surprised. <laughs> and I think they that there maybe felt two. like it was three, but yeah, I was expecting the final. I was expecting it to be almost like um, uh, the Crypto Dancer Zelda mashup, where like the last boss is a dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting. That's so funny because. Even though it's in the name, I truly was not expecting there to actually even be any dungeons in this game. Just for some reason. I, I was I, surprised there was more than one. I, yeah, I just, I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into this, with this game. And so when you're actually like in a dungeon doing it, I was like, oh, all right, it's literally a boyfriend dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's great. So the, the fact that it has uh, two dungeons, I thought meant it, it felt a little bit like there was a little bit of a lack of variety in terms of theming. Because like, you do just get these two dungeons. There's one that's based on a mall, one that's based on a nightclub. And it's like, I love that idea of like having dungeons. It felt very persona to me that these like dungeons were like themed on other stuff. And uh, but like, you know, I, more themes, man. Like these dungeons were really, really big. I know it's a lot of extra art, but like I would have much rather had like five short dungeons with different themes and, and more style uh, than like two really large dungeons. But you only have two big psychological problems, Reagan. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're that's forgetting true. the metaphor, Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they DLC and they come out with the, they'll have they'll figured out all of my other brain problems. They'll give her more complexes. These aren't just dungeons; they're extensions of his uh, of of your character's deeply rooted issues, and yeah. and you've got two very deeply rooted issues. Yeah, ten and floors deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm down. I'm done complaining about the dungeon crawling. I Which is totally talk about, fair, by the way. It's a big part yeah, of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a big part of the game. It's like 70% of the time you spend in this game. But the, the dating was so overwhelmingly charming and fun that it wiped out my... Uh, I just so like I don't know mediocre uh, feelings about the the dungeon crawling. I, I was left entirely charmed by this game, even just off of that thirty percent. Yeah, including the amount of uh, little dialogue asides you get when you are dungeoning with these characters. It's great. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. yeah, sprinkling that into the dungeons made the dungeons a lot more tolerable because you are getting these little character moments throughout. 
Yeah, there's Hangouts. So I mentioned one at the beginning uh, or, or recently, the, the massage chairs. But you basically like encounter things that you would find in a mall. And it just happens to be that there's no monsters in this moment. So you get a nice little character development moment with your your date. And then also one thing I appreciated is that, um, you know, as we were saying, as you fight through the dungeon, you're leveling up your your romance, basically. And then it caps and you can't you can't go to the next level with that person until you go on a bona fide date. They have to text you. This game has a lot of texting, which makes it also feel more real. Um, and uh, so you can be dungeon crawling each level you go down, you can switch to a different weapon. So there is like a little bit of that, like tactical, like I'm not going to waste my time on it, which I did appreciate because if you really want to go on a deep dunge dive, um, but you're right at the cap with this character, it'd be annoying to have to finish out the whole thing or just like go and go and die. But they let you uh, switch out weapons. So you can do multiple different dates on one dungeon dive. And I thought that was nice um, and it served both a like a practical purpose, but also a thematic purpose because you got to just, you know, date all your favorite weapons. Yeah, I've had a lot of trouble playing with Isaac the Estoc, which is this really elegant blade I'd never seen before. Estoc, I don't know, E S T O C, beautiful. Yeah, I guess blade. I never even tried to say it out loud. I yeah. thought, I guess I thought Estoc, but I yeah, Isaac too. was. Isaac was who I did Valeria and Isaac are who I dated the yeah. most. I found yeah. playing Isaac's weapon to be hard because it's a very precise yeah. tailored instrument. And I am just kind of a like rough and tumble dungeon crawler. So I, yeah. I did find myself cheesing it a bit by playing, maxing out my main. And then I'd switch to Isaac and like play a little bit and die. And they'd still get some credit. It's, so. like, po- it's like Pokemon. You know, you start your magic carp in the fight. Uh-huh. And then you And then you it. swap. A, That's and you exa- swap a, yeah. I, I totally magic carped Isaac because I loved his story. And I was like, I can't play with you, hon. Yeah. He just kept asking me to train. And I didn't have the heart to tell him I wasn't into fencing. Yeah. One of the things I think is a little bit strange at first about this game is that it has this large cast of characters, but it really introduces them one at a time. So you have to go on dates with, you have to go on an, at least one date with Isaac before you can meet uh, Sundar. You have to go at least, I think, one date with Sundar before you can meet Valeria and so on. It's dungeon um, level related. It's not, right, that's date. Right, right. it's not actually linked to dates. It's dungeon level. So you have to get, yeah, sorry, but it does make it easier to get further down the dungeon if you have dated, but you don't mm. have to. Yeah, like clarify. so if you once you get to a certain level in the dungeon with uh Valeria, you will come across this is a, a plot element that I thought was sort of interesting and ties into the ending is that you'll come across weapons that ha- that are damaged and abandoned in the dungeon. Um and you sort of rescue them by like awakening these knocked out weapons that are chipped and broken and hanging out down in the dungeon. And, you know, I suppose as a way of thanking you for saving them from, I don't know what the fate of an abandoned weapon in a weird dungeon is, uh, they, you know, they hit you up. You go on a date with them. Uh, (laughs) But they do get introduced kind of one at a time. Um, And so while there are are characters in this game 
for pretty much every taste. If your taste is Isaac, you may not really have to, you know, you may stick with Isaac and get all the way up to level six right at the beginning and, and, you know, maybe do a little extra grinding and then main, you know, head right off to the final boss and maybe never even meet, uh, you know, well, you'll Sawyer meet the them, blade. but you might not date them. Yeah. Right. You must rescue everybody to get to end game, but you yes. don't have to date them. Yeah. Actually, I'm not even 100% of, on that because there are definitely missable characters. There's um, every, uh, every Rowan char- and Pocket are both totally missable. Right, but every character in the dungeon... No, Pocket is not missable. Pocket's in the oh, okay. uh, second dungeon. Um, okay. But but anybody you have to rescue... Again, vague, vague spoilers for Indig, but just saying, like, the, anything you have to rescue that's been abandoned in a dungeon, you need to pick them up. You don't have to date them. Yeah. I found like I've I've got as far as so I I, I dated with you know one date with Isaac the Estoc the um maybe we should describe them as something other than just what their blade is because well, like you think of them when t- you, they have jobs yeah yeah um yeah. Uh, uh, Isaac is a, a financier he's very uh, uh, suave well dressed <laughs> animation has him like somehow pour a bottle of like pour a glass of red wine out of nowhere and slosh it in the glass as he it's, <laughs> elegantly it's so unsavors he's and he has very a sa- he has um himself as a brooch what I didn't see that um, his suit <laughs> like, jacket a- has a little estoc like his self oh, as a funny. blade is his like little jewelry just isaac it's a baller you, move. you very quickly meet sundar and sundar was like actively not my my type at all so i was i meet and because he was like only the, he's like the second one you meet and you meet him almost immediately in the in the game i was like oh no i'm gonna have to interact with this guy and you kind of do you have to go dungeon crawling with him at least once um, but I was immediately like when I realized oh, I'm not into this guy at all. I'm sure I'm sure there's a great story to Sundar if you take him up to level six. But I was just like not interested. I got I don't have time. Um, so I uh, I kind of realized at that point. Oh, I think this game will let me just ignore the people that I am not that interested in. So I really focused on just the characters yeah. I found particularly appealing from which both. is most dating sims, right? I right, mean, that's, right. Yeah, totally. and, and to give a little more context on why Sundar is um, trash for people who like trash, like no judgment. He's shirtless. He has, um, <laughs> he's got like an eight pack. He's got like dude's, an eight pack. He's got ripped. a rose in his uh, mouth. He's a club owner. Um, who just wants to dance with you. And, uh, the only gifts he loves are, Gifts of booze. Um, it's a type. He's sketchy. And your mom's going to text you. Uh, you can also opt in or out of mom messages, I, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, which I thought we, was thoughtful. It's very Can thoughtful, I take a, a quick second to touch on that? Because I think I thought that was like really both good and also a really odd choice. Um, like the, the mom texts are basically just throughout the game. Uh, you get a lot of texts from all the characters in the game. You can't opt out of any of those, but you you also get a lot of texts from your mom who just texts you encouraging messages from time to time. Um, I had two thoughts on this. One is that, like, first of all, I'm the I'm the target market for this. Like, I am the sort of person who, like, I have mom issues, right? Like, I lost my mom when I was in my teens, and there's certain mom stories. It's only certain ones that really get to me in a way that I, I don't often like. I sometimes feel emotionally manipulated by them. Um, so, but like I, I saw that screen at the beginning and it said, you know, you're going to get texts from a character called mom. And do you want to enable or disable these? That was not enough information for me to make that decision. Mm. I left it on. And in, in this case, I ended up feeling fine about it. I didn't have any issue. But from what I could tell, you can't go back and turn those off. And if I had felt like, 
you know, if I was the sort of person whose mom issues were more along the lines of like, I just simply don't want to have to think about my mother yeah. uh, in any context, uh, then I would have, I don't know, I, I would have maybe, like, I appreciate that the option was there, um, but I didn't think it gave me enough, enough context. I would have liked the message after the first, like, maybe a pre one and then after the mom text being like, keep right. getting messages from your mom. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, let me let me continue to opt into it or let me block her number. Right. I wanted to block people's numbers badly in this game. Well, the, you're, the, there's a there's a moment your cousin doesn't your cousin give you basically that option. At least it seemed like I took the option. He's like, your uh, your cousin is like the. I think he let he, he lets you like you know. tell him to like lay off in terms of yeah. trying to set you up, but I think that's just a plot thing because at that point I think he's already done setting you up with people. Yeah, okay, I couldn't tell if I because I said yes, leave me alone, and I couldn't tell if I would said no if he like still keep doing stuff or not. I said I said no, and I, I still don't think he interrupted. In, but the, the oh. other thing that that made me think about a lot is that like I know we've kind of already talked about the reaction that people had to this game, and um, but a lot of that was people specifically feeling that you ought to be able to block Eric's number in the game or simply remove Eric from the game entirely. And one aspect of that is that, that I get is that this game at, at the start, you know, it doesn't just give you a content warning, it gives you an opt-out of an entire character, mm-hmm. right? And if it's going to let you opt out of mom, why wouldn't it let you opt out of Eric? Um, like the feeling of like, and I understand they're trying to tell a particular type of story and Eric is important to the plot. It would be very difficult to just remove Eric from the story. What's the final boss going to be? And um, so like, I get why that's there, but I also get why if you come into this game, read the initial content warning, say that it discuss saying that it discusses um, stalking and then it gives you an, it gives you a customizable, like, you know, what are your triggers based opt out just to remove your mom from the game entirely. I can see why somebody might see that and think, oh, this game is going to be safe for me um, because it's giving me these opt outs. And then it doesn't give you an opt out on something that is so, uh, so core to what I think is like the much more likely to upset people element of the game. So like, I, I just sort of felt like that, that tied into potentially why some people felt uh, particularly put off by the way this game handled um, its spoiler or its its content warning and its and its specifically stalker based content. Like it, they're they're they've already said or maybe they already have patched in a more in depth content warning, but they've pretty much said they're not planning to add an option to just simply remove Eric from the game. Which fair, totally fine. But I could see yeah. why someone might expect that that option would have existed given the fact that the mom opt-out exists. Yeah. Yeah. So in user experience, uh, it's a, it's considered a form of priming. Uh, It's, um, you know, you are tell, if you communicate that you care about accessibility, you are going to be really looked at carefully for accessibility, for example. So once you have made a financial or more likely PR commitment to something like it is, in the world of tech, you have to like you were then looked at with a much stronger lens. You got to um, meet the expectations of the. The expectations the, are much higher because yeah, even it, especially if you're doing something that a lot of people care about. Um, mm-hmm. If if not a lot of people have said they care about it and you proclaim you do, you are held to a higher standard. And I think this warning is setting a, a pretty high standard. And I'm not saying that there is a mistake, but like. If you're going to set this high standard, the content warning maybe could have, like, I would have expected it to be in the game. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I deserve a content warning, but if you're going to be 
I hesitate to say a woke game, you also need to understand that there are expectations in that sphere and they're pretty yeah. high. They're very high. Yeah. And and they've evolved. They're continuing to evolve. It's, it is one of those areas where this, this feels like a bit of a moving target for devs. Um, it, it like th- there's no content warnings in film, you know, no. and books, not really either. Like people have different expectations around different mediums and they also have different expectations around different kinds of, of material within the medium. So like, you know, somebody doesn't go to uh go to a AAA game and expect a lengthy list of content warnings and opt-outs about the types of violence that happen in them, but they probably would in a game like Boyfriend Dungeon. But it's more yeah. of if one exists, you need it to be comprehensive. Yeah. So it's again, it's not a ding on Kit Fox like they've been through the gauntlet on something and I don't Yeah. They can tell the game they want to. But yeah, and I, I felt like I, you know, I, I think I appreciated the story that they were trying to tell. And I appreciated the I appreciated the content warning um, and the opt out about the mom text, because like that is one area where like that's something that applies to me. Like that's something that like sometimes I interact with a particular type of you know particular pieces of media and it has mom stuff in it that uh, that affects my, you know, my sad brain in ways that I don't like. And I bounce off of it for that reason. And it's good to have that as a configurable option. And in this case, it wasn't an issue, but like it, it could potentially have been and um but yeah i don't know it's it's it it left me coming away from this feeling like i've seen a lot of reactions about the whole content warning situation around this game and the specifics about the character of eric and how people responded to that that was very dismissive of people's feelings about this issue and yes i do think that there was a certain sort of crowd mentality overreaction to this that dominated the conversation about this game to a degree that probably didn't belong but i also think you can't dismiss it totally like it's there for a reason and this and and, you know i i don't know i i kind of get it is what i'm saying okay moving on let's talk about some hotties Uh, (laughs) yeah i was gonna say this game, this is a fun podcast. Let's talk about Valeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, hey, you know what? Like, th- this is this is a it's a podcast for talking about it is the the realness, and that's this is part of the game. That is our catchphrase: a podcast for talking <laughs> about the realness. Shut up! I can't talk. Uh, um, I don't so, know how to say words. Yeah, Reagan's retro corner is now uh, Reagan's real corner. Reagan's real uh, corner. Realness. Um, the yeah. realness with Reagan. Yeah. Hey, if you want to talk about a. Uh, Conflicted but not problematic, howdy. May I give you Valeria, the dagger? <laughs> Personally, my fave. She's yeah. a painter. She's a street artist. She's got a little bit of baggage, but like, it's cool because she's. Who don't? Just, I mean, honestly, it is weird that you're just picking up daggers in the dungeon. She's like, hey, can you not touch me? And you're like, fair. She's like, yeah, yeah. she's like, did you put me in this dungeon? And you're like, no. She's like, are you sure? And you're like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I, I can't take your word for it. She's the only character in the game that like brings someone on your first date to make sure you're not, uh, you know, for her safety, right? Like, and I, I, I felt that because like it does feel weird the way that you're constantly picking up these hotties and them <laughs> in strange places, and, and then. Every- and then wielding them, which feels like an incredibly intimate act. Yeah, there there will be another woman in release later, but she is currently the only woman. Yeah, there's one woman, two non-binary people, and uh, the rest are are men. And I, I, this game is definitely like, like I, I'm maybe we could talk about this for a moment. Like I, I'm a straight guy, and every single one of these people was somebody that like I was like I could I could date them in a game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
like I've I've never I've never felt so uh, pansexual as I have playing boyfriend dungeon. All of these characters are. I mean, are, dream well, daddy, well, dream daddy. Let's not. Yeah, come on. Let's not go too far here. But I did gravitate <laughs> towards Valeria. Maybe that's just my like heterosexuality. But I maybe also it's because it's written her, by Meg Jay of Eighty Days Fame, and we like her also writing. Also, that I loved her <laughs> writing. I loved the writing of all of the Valeria story, and I love the character design. She's got like yeah. you know cool necklaces. She looks boho. I don't know. I, uh, She's awesome. Yeah. Right. I mean, I did this. I also, probably, I think I dated Valeria the most. And part of me was like, oh, man, I'm just such a lame straight guy. But then it's like, oh, but her character is really cool. And I also dated Isaac for a long time, too. But because um, his character is really cool, too. But Valeria was a really interesting. And I also felt like Valeria like more quickly you unpacked some of the, some of the more interesting elements mm-hmm. of her. Some, some of the other characters, they sort of stay in that, like, you know, Sunder stays in that like party boy mode for a lot longer. And like, the, the, it just felt like I got into, as Reagan would call it, the realness uh, a lot faster <laughs> uh, with a lot faster with Valeria. And so that made me more like, well, I want to tell, I want to understand what's going on more. Um, she needs a pepperoni pizza. She's also super charming. Like she, she's like vaguely scared of ducks. And my favorite thing is she took you on a date to a museum just so you could be like, which of the, what would you steal? Yeah. (laughs) Like that's a question. Like anybody going on a tender date in a museum, please, you should ask your date, which art did you see today? Would you steal and put in your house? And how would you steal it? That's a great question. question. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. The next person that we meet was Seven, and um, probably my third favorite in the game. I liked Seven a lot for a couple of reasons. Um, Seven is easily the most fun sword to use in mm. the dungeon. Yeah, and maybe Especially just the, as you power the it up. best. It, yeah. And not just the most fun, it really felt like the strongest. He's, he's essentially a lightsaber, which is yeah. fun because his character is a K-pop idol from a band called Blade Generation. Um, you know, he's like a typical K-pop hottie. Um, and, uh, I didn't get that far in his story because I ended up focusing, as we'll talk about it in a little bit, my playthrough on this game got rudely cut off by an issue that I'll talk about a a little bit later. (laughs) So I spent most of the time that I did get to, I only got to play about, uh, six hours of this. Uh, he, I would have spent more time with seven if I could have, but uh, most of the time I spent in this game was with Valeria and with Sawyer, who we'll talk about later. Um, but like, I really did enjoy uh seven i thought he had a lot of depth you you get a lot of um a lot of games that have like there's a a famous person or an idol or whatever in the game and there's some sort of like cliched plots about their uh you know their their music uh career ambitions or something like that and this wasn't that it wasn't what i was expecting in that way i mean i read nsync fan fiction back in the day so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not intent like i had a friend who was super into it and she made me edit hers and i was like <laughs> i've never read anything in this genre i read other fan fiction religiously and real pickle it was like real people thick freaks me out and she's like please just can you edit chapter 16 my readers are waiting on me that's like fine <laughs> shout out to your donna if you're listening oh my god i know you're oh my god okay that's so funny uh your donna if they're out there i want to read your in-sync fan fiction now that's she's uh, it, i'm sure oh yeah no. well my uh at the time three-year-old daughter got really into blackpink 
And then that led to us getting into BTS. And uh, I've spent a surprising, surprising to me at least, amount of time listening to and watching K-pop stuff over the last year and a half. I've seen the Blackpink documentary. Uh, so I am like, <laughs> I'm in it, you know? So when Seven shows up, I'm like, all right. I'm going to date is this, this one. Like, is this, is this they know their audience too, yeah. right? Because like, I think that there's probably the audience for uh, games about uh, dating hot swords and K-pop are like probably nearly a circle, uh, right? Yeah. Well, they do. And they, it's, either they it is written by a k-pop fan or they did their research because uh there is a fangirl uh two two seven oh yeah and they're using the language like bias wrecker mm-hmm. and stuff like that which is uh very much k-pop you are not supposed to like one over any of the others and if you do that's your bias and it's not cool to have a bias so um seven is a bias wrecker because uh, they're so dreamy. That's so um, funny. Yeah. yeah. I, these are things I know now. I, it's that great. explains it, because she kept saying that the other person of the band was her bias, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's what they... So now here we are in Nate's K-pop corner. Oh, this is so, K-pop corner. And, uh, so if you're a fan of BTS, I think that's where this started, but it might... Ex- I, that, I don't know. It could be before them. But basically, like their whole thing is about being welcoming and, and like enjoying each other. And so it is uncouth in the fan base to say any member of BTS is better than any other member, but you can have a bias towards one of them. And that is your way of having a favorite (laughs) without saying that they are inherently better than anyone else. At least that is my understanding of it. So, you know, if I, if I get it wrong, tweet at me. No one ever tweets at me. BTS stands, uh, you know, hit us up if you want to explain. I mean, I'm certainly biased towards seven because I took him into every boss battle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, understandable because he is probably the most fun to play. I, I stuck a lot with Valyria, even though like, all things considered, not my favorite weapon playstyle, uh, but she gets really good by level six. Yeah. So, like, her whole playstyle was this, like, um, you know, she's a dagger, so a lot of it is about backstabbing, right? And the way that this doesn't really take facing into account that much, uh, but what it does do is um, when you do a dodge roll past a character, past an enemy, it does a confusion thing on them. And so, a lot of her thing was about like dodge rolling around, which like stuns enemies and then hitting them with various sort of backstab esque attacks. Not my favorite playstyle typically, but I found her so compelling as a character that I put in the work to unlock all of her upgrades right. and it became really fun uh, after yeah. I'd unlocked all of her stuff. And I'm sure that's the case with a lot of these. Like, if you put in the work with these characters, your relationship will will bear fruit. Yes. And you get like t- a tiny little talent tree basically for these characters. Mm-hmm. So you do get to customize a little bit every time you level up. Every other time you level up, um, mm-hmm. you get to pick from one of two sort of class features, if you will. And then you can turn, you can change them if you don't like it. So you can, if you figure out like, I think with Valeria is one of them early on is that like, you either increase the range of stun or the stun or confusion lasts longer, you know, so you can pick like, do you want them to stay there longer? Or do you want to, for it to be easier? You know, it, it's a little bit of customization. Again, all these different things that the game is doing to try to like dip its toes into more complicated dungeon crawlers or give you the, the feeling of a dungeon crawler without it actually being like, you know, a complicated system on system. 
So now we're at the point where uh, Laura gets to tell me why she thinks I'm creepy for dating Sawyer. I So Sawyer uh, shows up as, I think, the last um, weapon you find in the mall. Uh, I believe even after you've beat the the boss in the the mall mm-hmm, i think so so you you've um you've defeated that uh fear entirely uh you leave and you pick up sawyer and sawyer's chipped sawyer's down sawyer is a child <laughs> sawyer's a student uh presumably in so- university sawyer's 18 let's sawyer's let's, let's 18. say sawyer is sawyer 18 is and an a student undergraduate in, university. in college sawyer may not legally be able to drink um true Sawyer acts incredibly young. Um, They, them, um, very good outfit. Like, I love Sawyer's look, but Sawyer looks like a young, androgynous person. And I, my impression was, oh, you're a child. (laughs) I am sure it'd be fun to play with a glaive, but I, I would want to meet you as a friend. And I think... You would get a huge crush on me and want to kiss me, and I would feel bad about it. And so I thought Sawyer was adorable, did not want the little baby imprinting on me like a duckling. And so <laughs> so I, 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 told, I went to lunch with Sawyer. I fed him a sandwich, and I, or them a sandwich, and then backed up. <laughs> um, Sawyer freaked me out. I, I, I see that. I do get it. Um, this is a video game. You're not playing as yourself so much as a as a character that you, of indeterminate age. True. Sawyer's just coded way younger than the other characters. <laughs> Definitely coded younger than the other. Sunder other is like 35. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of the Isaac other characters are potentially. Uh, so I, I kind of read like most of the characters as in their 20s, um, and so it's not that big of a gap. Um, and uh, Sawyer is just so f- like the dates with Sawyer are very different from the dates with the other characters. Mm. Um, Sawyer is very young, um, and a-, a big sort of part of their story is that they are they're a young person who clearly like doesn't understand how to live on their own yet, mm. um, doesn't know how to cook, uh, doesn't have enough money to to go to restaurants, so they're constantly hungry. I, um, I mean, all that kind of literally, stuff. Literally, they're like, hey. Can you show me how to boil an egg? Because I keep messing it up, and that's what I was yeah, like. Yeah. I shouldn't date you. I have to date someone who knows how to boil an egg. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 in real life, that is a hundred percent a criteria I would apply to human beings. But Fair. I, I found the uh, I found the story with Sawyer very cute because all of their all of their dates are them just coming over to your place and you teaching them to cook. Um, and you know, in video games, I like to live out fantasies, and in this fantasy, I know how to cook better than liter- and literally any other human in the world, and can teach them something about it. It was a cute story. I like. Sure, that. it's cute and not grooming. <laughs> it's I didn't I didn't get a, a sketchy. I know that it's you know sure if you got a sketchy vibe off no, of I, it. That's I'm not fair. saying I got a sketchy vibe off of it. I'm saying I felt like I was sketchy if I pursued it. <laughs> Under well, I think that's the same thing. But I uh, <laughs> I, I think that the, I judged uh, myself. The game did not judge Sawyer. Me. Sawyer is a bit of an innocent, but not as much as you think. And uh, you know it doesn't. It doesn't go in any directions that made me feel actively creepy. So whether I'm, you know, whether I'm canceled or not for for uh, for dating Again, Sawyer, in I the don't game, judge you. We'll see. I just, but could I enjoyed not it. I thought path. I thought they were great. And um, of the swords that I used in the game, they were my favorite because I they had you throw right. 
Right. It's got that. It's a lot like the um the like spear in Hades a little bit because it uh, it has like a regular hit that does like a, a combo that does a kind of a wide attack with their regular combo and then their uh their heavy combo is a distance attack and it it was just a really good combo or like a really good combination of of uh, of attack styles uh and it felt really good to level it up i i enjoyed that one a lot so i stuck with uh valeria until i got her up to level six but then i was up to about level four with sawyer when i had to stop mm. so um i recommend sawyer i think sawyer is very sweet uh so anyway moving on the next one's even weirder it's not the next one is not romantic and i'm saying that off the bat because it's a Mm. cat hey i just (laughs) wanted to put this out there uh sawyer is not the youngest character in the game the cat doesn't count (laughs) well cats can live into their 20s (laughs) <laughs> yeah we don't know the cat right? could be old. well not the way pocket's living um pocket <laughs> is a pair of brass knuckles all of the dates uh in big quotation marks with pocket are like chasing the cat around and the cat's getting in street fights and the cat is like looking for snacks and you're just like it feels like having a cat that's an outdoor cat is what pocket is i I like that this is in the game i didn't spend really any time chasing this cat around and i didn't even try playing with them in the dungeon but i like that it's there It, it feels like a little bit of a slightly humorous nod to the fact that there may be some players out there who are you know uh asexual or aromantic and uh you know if you're that at a party maybe you go pet the pet pet the cat you know i've definitely had the experience where i'm at a party and everyone else is partying and having a good time and i'm feeling awkward and going and petting the cat and this is the that of of this game if you're not so into the smooching and you just want to pet a cute cat you can make friends with this cat and uh they turn into a cool like bladed brass knuckles kind of uh like with weapon. claws it also it really yeah. expands the universe if if it's not just uh humans that can change into weapons mm-hmm. so like can just anything just turn into a like you're riding a horse and it just you know turns into a battle axe that would really hurt yeah if you were riding that would hurt that'd really be badly. that'd be bad that'd be a really bad combo of things to happen speaking of battle axe did you guys go on the date <laughs> with the uh like where they where uh, your cousin sets you up with a guy uh who is like a like a chubby guy who turns in who can turn into an axe post launch yes. it doesn't go anywhere well because uh he and the woman who's a hammer are gonna be DLC later, like free DLC oh, that's later. Good. That's good to know. So when he's like, I, I liked we'll him. I met each other funny. soon enough, like he's being like, I'll be added to the game uh, later. Like I he see. and Hammer are I, I like, liked that moment though, because it was kind of funny because he, he, he's, he said like, it, com- it comes out like deep into a conversation with him. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I mean, forgot I, I'm out of town the rest of the summer <laughs> too. Oh, that was odd. But he, like what I thought was funny about it was that he's sort of like, oh yeah, I can, I can turn into an ax sometimes, but I kind of don't, I haven't in a long time. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can still do it. <laughs> yeah. It was very funny to me that like, this is a world in which like some people, you know, some people can turn into weapons and some can't, but some just don't like really do that. And they kind of no. forget how. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought, that was I thought he kind of looked like uh, Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, uh, uh, okay, like, big, like a little bit okay. of a, <laughs> a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> he looks he looks really cuddly, and so I think it'll yeah. be great to add him to the to the roster. He's but. a surfer. Um, oh, oh yeah. But uh, there is one more, but it's not 
So this is a bit odd. So Pocket the Cat is the last one you get in a dungeon proper. You get it in the second one, like when the when the mall closes or the mall you you conquer the mall and then you go to the nightclub owned by Sunder. Um, he's mm. like, my basement's full of stuff. Help me. Um, you get the cat, but Rowan. I, I looked it up to check, but after you go in this barbecue, there's a mansion. If you're just wandering on the map and you go to this mansion, <laughs> you can unlock it. Then he sends you a cryptic note, and then you have to realize that I, I don't want to spoil the it's puzzle, like a, but it's not. Yeah, it's like a tiny puzzle. It's a yeah. tiny puzzle. If you have trouble with it, the internet has the answer. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get to talk to him. But it's not like... It is missable unless you just wander around the map. So Rowan is yeah. going to be some people's favorite, and I really liked Rowan. He's really yeah. creepy. I, so one thing I'm stealing a, a he's a, a, witch. a joke or observation. Or here. they are um, they are a witch. But I, I heard someone explaining that this game features two non-binary characters. There's the uh, the creepy non-binary and the Millhouse non-binary, <laughs> and uh, I, I really felt that. And uh, so Rowan is the creepy non-binary. Those are the the two genders of non-binary. I'm gonna fix my notes because I had his in the notes, and that's why I keep misgendering. Yeah, Rowan. apologies if I've misgendered any of the characters. Um, uh, Rowan, they are very, uh, very spooky, and that's what you—that's what you want. Sometimes you want—you want the spooky. Well, uh, Dream Daddy's had you know Goth Dad. Mm-hmm. There's a you know that's a it's a it's a it's a type. I really do like Rowan though. I think yeah. there's a lot of like dark matter woo woo, but he's also like tarot witch. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do like if I met someone and, you know, you kind of like maybe hit it off a little bit. And then the next day they send me like a cryptic puzzle to get to hang out with them. That could be obnoxious or it could be a ton of fun. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I, I I was wondering, like, because I, I found Rowan pretty late into my play st- or into my playtime because you there, we haven't really talked about the overworld map, but the little map you walk around on, and I'd mostly just been staying in the areas that it like guides you to, mm-hmm. and then finally I was like, I'm gonna like you know end to end this map. I want to look at this little town. It's like oh shit, there's an entire like character sitting here waiting. And I didn't know if it had was there from the beginning or I just recently unlocked it and I just happened to walk out at that time. Like, had no idea, but I was glad that I, I found him because it is a fun character. Yeah, I think especially Crowley is great. The bird. Yeah. Yeah, that was very cool. He has, has a, a pet bird that he carries around on his shoulder. It's a, an albino crow. Or yeah, raven. I thought it was a raven, but I'm assuming... You know, named after Alistair Crowley, but Crowley, so I assumed it was actually a crow, but it's albino, uh, so I was like... That's a good point. I didn't think about that as a pun. It compliments um, you. Good one. Just yeah, good one. I love yeah. that. Now that we, before we get into any spoiler territory, I did have one thing that I wanted to mention, that just very briefly as a warning, because I'd mentioned at the top of the game, the show that this game is out on um, Xbox, uh, what do you call it, Game Pass? And I know a lot of folks listening to the show may be subscribers to Game Pass. It's great that this game is on Game Pass. It is a, uh, a it, you know, Game Pass is a great bargain. 
Um, and also a lot of games we've been covering lately have been on Game Pass. I, I think Game Pass is awesome. But also, for whatever reason, um, there's a lot of like jank that comes associated with Game Pass. I keep running into issues with games via Game Pass because of some weird uh, rules that Microsoft has about how the games have to be packaged and delivered. Um, and this game has a issue that has been there since launch that uh, that you should be aware of if you are playing the Game Pass version of this game. And for me, it killed my save and uh, and has also prevented me from playing any more after killing my save. It won't even let me start over. Uh, the game is locked up permanently. Uh, and that is that. Uh, so if you have Xbox, there may even be other ways to trigger this. I don't know. But this is how it happened for me. If you have the game on your um, on your PC, I don't have an Xbox, so I don't know whether this happens there, too. And you, uh, you know, it cloud syncs the saves just like all the other games on Game Pass, which is a very convenient feature. But in this case, it cloud syncs the saves, which then means that if you switch to xCloud, which is their uh, their cloud-based thing where you can run the game remotely from their servers on a phone or whatever, um, I gave that a try, thinking I'll play this on my phone a little bit um, that way, just wanting to experiment with it, booted up the game, and it had not cloud synced my saves to the xCloud servers. So I thought, mm, that's clearly not working, no harm, no foul, close the game on uh on the x cloud and then boot it up on my pc again and the game is soft locked and my save is destroyed um when i boot up the game after that uh it just boots to a loading screen playing the music and never actually gets to the like main menu and no amount of troubleshooting seems to be fixing this. I went on their official uh, Discord and they have no solution for this. It's just a bug that they apparently haven't been able to fix yet. So if you play this game on the Game Pass version, do not use xCloud. <laughs> Don't do it. Do not use xCloud for Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, and there, there's, yeah, it's been a real bummer. I was like right at the fine. I unlocked level six with Valeria. I was just going to level up uh, Sawyer a little farther and then uh, go after the final boss. And now I can't. And I'm just going to have to YouTube how all of those stories conclude because apparently there's just no way forward <laughs> for me on this one. That really, really made me mad. Yeah, that's frustrating. So before I spoil the game for my co-hosts and anyone else who wants to listen past the spoiler break, I will uh, quickly say that my final take is I really liked this. I thought this was going to be a game for people who don't play video games normally, and I'm not sure if that is the case because the dungeon is so prevalent. Um, mm. But if you do like video games and you like dating, this is a really good game for you. Dream Daddy, I have referred to people who have played a game before. This I would not because, you know, I used a controller. Like, you're actually yeah. dungeon crawling. So just keep that in mind. I think that uh, there is a lot of good here. And the dates have very interesting storylines and great flirting. So yeah. enjoy your flirting. Yeah. How did you guys like it? I feel like I've had nothing but great things to say this entire episode. I really enjoyed this game. Mm -hmm. It was not at all what I expected. Um, and I, I just, I thought it was a ton of fun. I, I, you know, I, I do think the dungeon crawler as Reagan called it was, you know, pretty simple and there's some frustrating parts at times, but overall, like I was happy to go into the dungeon and try out the different weapons and then I was really happy to get back out on the scene and go on more dates. Uh, I 
enjoyed this game in the end the, or end to end. The only thing that I would, you know, that I now on this show, I've learned a little bit more of is that like, I was basically like slowly grinding up every single character and love and going on like all the dates. So to me, this was not a short game. I played a lot of it and I think I'm still at like the mid game. Basically, You got to magic carve um, some of those guys. I know. Well, now I know. And so I, I think I could go in and you know focus through it. Um, but I, it's not that I wasn't having a good time while doing it. You know, it's just sometimes for this show where we're playing on like a deadline. I'm like, oh, come on. I thought this game I was going <laughs> to. I, I would have you changed know. weapons more frequently had I not been the designated finish the game person. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. Um, so, yeah. And that's so this isn't even a complaint. It was just a, an experience. And so if you're going into this game with no time restraints, like I was having a great time trying like digging into all the stories and and and, you know, dating everyone and just seeing what's up. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. And I don't really engage with like, you know, I think 100% of the dating Sims I've played have been for this show. Uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, I, but I, I what I'm realizing is to just play more dating Sims. I enjoy it when we do it for the show. So uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I have similar takeaways from all of you guys. Uh, I will say that I think you know I would have I could have preferred a version of this game where the uh, the dungeon crawling was either a little more mechanically satisfying or a little less prevalent in terms of like how much time you spend compared to the dating, uh, which was really where I got my enjoyment out of this game. Um, but altogether, it is a good package, and uh, I I would have liked to have spent more time with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the col- the collapse of Reagan's love life. An X, an X cloud <laughs> bug. I always knew it would come to this. Always. <laughs> so then we are leading into our spoiler break. Before we go, a little bit of uh, admin and outro. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, which is where you'll find all of our stuff. Our webpage with our uh, all of our back catalog episodes, including a searchable show notes page if you're curious if we ever covered something. Uh, FYI, there are episodes there that may not appear in your pod, well, do not appear in your podcast app. We've been doing this show a long enough time that some of those kind of fall off the back half of the feed, and maybe there'd be good stuff you'd be interested in hearing there. Uh, there's also a contact form if you want to let us know what you're thinking or games that you think we ought to cover. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game or most importantly you can find us on patreon patreon.com slash the short game and that's where you can support the show every one of our supporters on patreon gets access to our discord which is where we talk about the show plan things and uh, uh people uh and you can share with us uh who you think is the hottest uh and we can have big arguments about our biases uh, uh, in, in the discord there, uh, I will tell you all about why I think Valeria is awesome. Uh, and, uh, if you're supporting us on Patreon at the $5 a month level, you also get stickers. Um, oh, and also you get early access to episodes. Uh, we get those out as early as I edit them. So that can mean anywhere from a week to maybe just a few hours early, but I guarantee you, I get them to you as soon as I possibly can. If you want that early access, join us there fresh out of the oven mm-hmm. and so you can find me on twitter at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k laura where can people find you you can find me on twitter at laura j nash and also i was on the most recent episode of smart podcast trashy books talking about romance games you can find me there too for one week it's normally a romance books podcast so 
That was a really great episode. I, I enjoyed yeah. that. I so giggled you, a lot. Uh, it was a good time. A I'll, good I'll have a link in the show notes, or you can search your podcast app for smart podcast trashy books. Uh, maybe, and hey, dovetails with this episode quite a bit. So maybe if you've played this and feel like you Crossover want some romance event. novels in your life, or you just want some more romance games, Laura basically listed out a bunch of good stuff there, including some stuff we may cover on the show in the future. So um, that was a good one, Laura. Thank you. And Nate? <laughs> good job. And Nate, <laughs> Nate, where can people find you? Just on the short game and also uh, at NateSTL on mm. Twitter. And then also... Uh, going to do what, one of my favorite things outside of supporting us on the Patreon. Another great way you can support us is by leaving us a, a nice review on iTunes. It does help, uh, and we appreciate it every time someone takes the time out of their lives to do it. And when they do it, give them a little shout-out. So shout-out to the iTunes name Soul Decay. Oh, uh, they sounds said like them, somebody turns into a scythe in their spare time. Yes. That, I was thinking it sounds very <laughs> yeah right. Um, so they said some very nice things, including that their show or our show was recommended to them by their college instructor, which is a little uh, intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> like I. <laughs> Whatever class you're what? in, and our show is being like cited, um, uh, you might want to. Are you sure it. you got the right yeah, show? You need to go but to thank a different. You to but thank the you, the college instructor. <laughs> yeah, whoever. You seem pretty cool. Yeah, thank you to that college instructor out there, and thank you to um, thank you to Soul, Soul Decay. Decay. In their note, they say they were a little skeptical at first. So it sounds like this course instructor not even Fair. necessarily doing a great job of, of uh, promoting <laughs> of the show. Us. <laughs> yeah, but. They were a little skeptical, and they decided to listen to know that they're a big fan, and they're working their way through our immense backlog. So anyway, having a little bit of fun with it, but thank you, Soul Decay, for, your, uh, for the time you spent and your, and your kind words. We, we really appreciate it. Yes. yes, thanks very much. And here it is, your spoiler break. So... We have talked about how the dungeons were metaphors for your fears. And so the first one is change. The second one is intimacy. And you beat this heart. And then inside the heart is dungeon boyfriend. Reggie, did you see dungeon boyfriend? No, I didn't get to the bottom of the second dungeon Okay, yet. So I-, I will describe it in more detail. So there's a heart with chains on it. And it's yelling bad things about, like, keep your heart safe and no one will ever hurt you like it's about vulnerability and like openness and then whoever you bring into the dungeons like oh man that like sounds like serious therapy stuff <laughs> <laughs> and you're like yep i'm trying to battle um so you take the chains off the heart i'm gonna say that again not hit the mic so you take the chains off the heart a door opens and you step inside the heart and you walk and then there's this like kind of like a box puppet looking thing. It's kind of pixels. And you're like, who are you? And he's like, don't you know, like you're, you're, I'm dungeon boyfriend. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, the manifestation of who you thought a boyfriend would be. And I've been with you all of your life and I am keeping you from moving on with actual people because I am the ideal boyfriend you have always had. (laughs) Okay. And then you're like, I don't need you anymore. And he's like, but you always will need me because you're never going to have a real relationship. And you're like, lies. And then you, you know, def- you 
there's not like a battle, but then you you basically choose your word choices tell dungeon boyfriend to go away, and then you leave the heart, and you have finally defeated your fear of intimacy. It's almost like the end of Truffle Pigs. Yes, but this almost, <laughs> but this is not actually the final boss. Your own heart is not the final boss. You now have the confidence to uh, take on Eric, who has built a katana out of the little chipped shards he has stolen from all of the people you've been dating. Mm. See, this part I did see, and this is legitimately um, it's actually creepy. unsettling. It's very yeah. creepy. The, the, first of all, the idea that he's like, collect it's a sort of a Frankenstein thing. He's a, he's a weaponsmith, right? And so he's been... I guess somehow chipping or like it sounds like it's definitely assault, right? Yeah. But he's chipping these we- random weapons to get little bits of like human weapon flesh and then just sort of like blacksmithing them together into this horrifying monster of a katana person that isn't an actual person so much as a creepy monster that servant and sort of obeys him. He's he said he wanted a blade without the personality but with able to understand tactics so he thought maybe if he took bits of everybody it wouldn't have its own sense of self mm-hmm. katana is incredibly creepy looking she's got the seam across her neck um uh do not like katana um but uh so even eric is like uh katana needs to be fixed like i need to be fixed i need to go to therapy i have katana and katana is going to be you know is the big threat so the battle with katana and eric because they're psychically linked ends up being this like battle with all this blue stuff between them with their psychic link and it's like negative thoughts and like self-hatred so like whenever he feels bad about himself it powers a katana and katana is just it's a very creepy and settling it is like if dark link was just someone else (laughs) 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 like but you were fighting both of them that's what it feels like um and it's partly because you've come to a self-actualization that you are able to recognize Eric is in pain. That's the idea. Um, this The theme of this game is go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then literally at the end of it, Eric's like, he's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I think I need to go to therapy. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you do. He's like, I really need to, like, thank you for saving my life, but like, I think I need to go to therapy. Um, we all do, Eric. Yeah. We all do. The theme of this game is go to therapy. So, the Frankenstein-y chip thing. And so that's done. And the end of that is whatever weapons you got to level six and you kind of went through this with, um, you have like a summer's ending and you have a little date with them and you can ask them to come with you. Um Everyone said no to me, but like in a very loving way. It was like, no, my life is here. No, I need to go on tour. Um, no, like I, we're good together, but this was a temporary thing. Like it's a very like, no, but the door is open <laughs> type mm. of come with me. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, summer romance. Um, and then you have a beach party that your um, 
cousin throws you and you meet everybody else you had an interaction with. So everyone else at the beach party, you have little out scenes with them, um, which I imagine changes depending on the level of relationship. Uh, People who you've gotten close to, you can smooch and say goodbye and people say thanks for letting, you know, offering to come away with me. Uh, And then your summer loving is at a close and you pack up and get on the ship and your ship. This is not 1900. You get on a plane. (laughs) Uh, An airship. And it's, and the doors, it's like, you know, you will return to, to the the beach of hot people you've dated all summer. So (laughs) these hotties will return in boyfriend dungeon two. Exactly. Or, or DLC. Cause like, I know there's two more weapons and they're not going to make people who've beat the game like rebeat the game to get two more weapons. I feel I don't know how they're going to do that, but the spoiler no, is. Well, I mean, from what I understand, you can you can load a save from before the final boss. Yeah, though. that's probably what's going to happen. But um, that's how you you know Eric is the cre- Katana is the creepiest thing I've seen in a while, uh, and do not like her motion in the final boss fight. Do not. Uh. Although I, my favorite thing about the boss fight isn't actually part of the boss fight. It's that you, uh, your cousin, and Eric are talking with Katana prior to the boss fight. You're in his smithery in the basement, and then it switches to the uh, top-down chibi view of the dungeon and the map, and you get little chibi version of your uh, cousin and little chibi Eric, and they like run away crying because they're like, don't want to be part of the fight. And it's so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just you and Katana and your weapon. So um, whoever figured that transition out, like, thank you. That really made me so happy. I am I'm really bummed I am not apparently going to get to play this part of the game. So I am going to go YouTube all of the final dates for all of the characters that I was mm-hmm. was interested in and uh um looking forward to doing that. This was this was really fun. Um anybody have any last spoilers? Anybody want to talk about any like particularly memorable dates or particularly uh surprising twists with any of the characters? I didn't date Sandar Sundar all the way, but I dated far enough that I was like 99% sure he's a vampire. So, <laughs> I, did you what guys? Vampires aren't real. Yeah. Did you guys go on the date where you can follow him when he like goes to the bathroom and is there a suspiciously long time? No. Oh, I did. Yes. Did actually, you follow yeah, him? I did. Uh, I, no. I did I don't not follow, follow people into the bathroom. Yeah, I did you. not follow him. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well it was more like to, of like what War- warning for well, people potentially i had just Laura. told him not to lie to me and he was like i'm going to the bathroom but he definitely like this text was like yeah. he looks like he's lying so i followed him he went to an alley and then they're like he's with a girl and oh and, oh, and he has the oh, crazy eyes yes. okay sorry i did do that and then i saw him out in the alley with the with the girl and I don't know why I didn't put the crazy eyes thing together. He definitely seemed like he was doing something creepy out there, but I thought he was just cheating. But the crazy eyes. But he had right. like yeah. crazy, like hollow black stuff around his eyes, and they were glowing. I don't know. People turn into weapons, though. Like I wasn't. I yeah. Wasn't- well, that that wasn't. That's not the only evidence. So then, <laughs> Reagan. So maybe Come a on. date or two later, um, I go meet him on the beach with his um, partner, who runs a club with, and they're making jokes. Uh, and they're like, 
they're like, do you, she's like, do you need a snack? And he's, and then she's like, oh, it was like snacks on the menu. Like, and she looks at you and he's like, uh, no, we're not going to do that tonight. She's like, why not? Have you not told her? And they make some references to blood. And then, um, he's like, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you this right now. And they also, he also talks about how he like, can't go out during the day and sleeps in until it's nearly night and how he's got to be back at the club before the daylight shows up. And you're like, cool. All the signals point to vampire. (laughs) And like, I can't use mirrors and like, I'm, I hate garlic. It's better written than that, but it's like over (laughs) the course of one scene. (laughs) It's incredibly Uh. like all of, they're like, cool snack she's like oh did she bring snacks and you're like i brought cheesy pops and she's like but like aren't you a snack and he's like stop it (laughs) and i'm like oh she's flirting with me like the character's like oh i think she's flirting with me and he's like she's not (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 it's great um so i think every game should have one character that might be a vampire yes just like every game, every piece of media, there should just be one character that you're just like, I think that one's the vampire. Yeah. Well, on that, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we all agree with you, Nate. It's, it's, it's cool. again, the fighting is more subtle than I'm making it. But to me, it was just like a vampire yeah. signal going into the sky. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about this one. Uh, yep. A little bit of preview for anybody who's waited this far into the episode. Uh, next week, we should be talking about uh, 12 Minutes, which is also on Game Pass, if you have that, and also on a bunch of other platforms. It's from Annapurna. Uh, and then the week after that is question marks, but we have some good ideas. So let us know if you have a suggestion. And uh, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Bye.